so happy that you're here today. Joining me on the internet as together we study God's word and enjoy the rich benefits that are produced through such righteous and holy activity. I tell you what, it's such a joy to study the Word of God. Why don't you mark your Bibles? We're going to go over today to Isaiah 55, and let's start today in verse 6. And before we jump into today's message, just a, a little announcement. I'm kind of surrounded here in my office by all of the new uh, camera equipment that has been coming in. My feet are actually touching the tripods that are laying in front of the desk right here by my side I've got all kinds of uh, camera paraphernalia cords and cables and and uh, all kinds of uh, goodies so what we'll do is we will take a look at these things within a few hours I'll come back with another program and I want to just show you everything that your gifts your financial gifts were able to purchase and I tell you what we got exactly what we needed. You guys really knocked the ball out of the park, praise God. So uh, there was one final shipment out of, I think it was maybe seven shipments from UPS of all the goodies coming in. The one final shipment, wouldn't it be, uh, wouldn't it be interesting of why it would come in last are the very cameras themselves. And guess what? Those are arriving today in just a few hours. So after a very long wait, uh, and really a, a, a product that was such a hot product that a lot of uh, a lot of producers wanted this camera so we were able to get it also it took a little uh, extra time to get it but uh, these are very powerful cameras I'll show them to you but I've got everything now but the cameras and it's all gathered around this desk so next time I speak to you it will all be piled on top of the desk and we'll talk about it and we will talk about how we can preach the gospel into all the nations with even a greater platform of clarity. These are 4K cameras. And so this is going to be a lot of fun. I just want to show you all the gear and I'm looking forward to picking up the cameras today. Once I've got that, I'll be back to talk to you again and show you all of the wonderful things that we have to preach the gospel in brilliant clarity. Hallelujah. So thank you for your giving. Thank you so much. Glory to God. It really does. I, I know this uh, could be like an overused statement, but it really does make an eternal difference. And you'll find that out one day in the future. Praise God. Now, Isaiah chapter 55, verse 6 Let's pray first. Heavenly Father, let your Holy Spirit come and anoint your word. And we ask that he would also anoint our minds and the eyes of our understanding. Let there be transformation today in Jesus' name. Thank you, Father, for this mighty work of your spirit in our life. In Jesus' name, amen. Verse 6, seek the Lord while he may be found. Call upon him while he is near. This verse will always mean a lot to me because it was the first public prophecy that I ever heard or ever witnessed in my life. I was in my 20s attending a charismatic Pentecostal type church and a lady stood up in the church and the pastor instantly knew the stop as the Holy Spirit came on her and she cried out with a prophetic utterance and said, seek the Lord while he may be found, 
call upon him while he is near. And I tell you what, uh, uh, every uh, every hair on my head was like, uh, and every hair on my hand was just like electrified because the, uh, an anointing, a glory, went through the whole assembly. We were all greatly touched by the Lord as she began to proclaim the word of the Lord. But that was the first time I ever heard a corporate prophecy, uh, a, a prophecy given in the public assembly. And oh, how it blessed everybody there. Blessed, blessed me so much that now uh getting close to almost oh i don't know 25 years from that point i still remember it 20 i how about that i still remember 25 years ago the first prophetic utterance i ever heard oh such a blessing and it, it is such a timeless word seek the lord while he may be found now of course when the spirit of god moves upon a person to uh publicly prophesy it's more than just like quoting the scripture but i tell you there was an, uh, such an anointing on that word that she said there was the initial uh word itself uttered and then the present message for that hour spoken forth to the body oh my goodness that lady was such a gift hallelujah to the body of christ you know you really need to be open to the gift of prophecy even in its simplest form which is for edification exhortation and comfort and of course not everybody will have the gift of prophecy to prophesy in public like that before a whole church body but don't be surprised if it could still happen to you uh so you know what uh, with that particular lady that that would operate in prophecy in that church i was speaking of uh, she was a prophetess and as uh, that was that was totally new to me and i tell you what the moment i was introduced to it i absolutely just uh i just ate it up i just loved it because it was so clearly from the lord and such a blessing to me you're talking about encouragement and faith wow hallelujah so you don't have to be a prophet, though, to have the Holy Spirit move through you like that. I'm just saying, anytime you come together as a body of believers, you really should be prayed up. You you don't know what the Lord might want to do through you, not just through the minister. I'm talking about through the body itself. Hallelujah. We can all contribute as the Lord leads. Seek the Lord while he may be found. Call upon him while he is near. Oh, there is a nearness of the Lord. There is a passing by of the Lord. There is times of the manifestation of his presence, of his person. Wow. Hey, when that happens, you know, you really should do something about that. <laughs> you really should. Uh, how can I say for uh, a, a, a less than a basic way of explaining this, you really should take advantage of the of the opportunity. I mean, if the Lord's presence is here, if the Lord's there talk to him, cry out to him, call to him. Wow. Praise God. Well, well, Pastor Stephen, the Lord's always near. I know positionally in Christ. Yes, he is. But I also know there's still a difference. There's a difference when he, there's a manifestation of the glory of his power. Hallelujah. If you haven't learned that when that power is flowing, that's when you release your faith. Hallelujah. Praise God. Glory to God. Call upon him while he is near. Let the wicked forsake his way, and the unrighteous man his thoughts. Let him return to the Lord, and he will have mercy on him. Isn't that good news? And to our God, for he will abundantly pardon. God won't just pardon. He will abundantly pardon if you repent and turn to him. Verse 8, for my thoughts 
are not your thoughts. I'd, I'd like to talk about that today. Now, some Christians think that it's not possible to think like God thinks, to have the thoughts of God. Well, you can have a God mind. You can have, you can have a mentality that thinks like God. But what is being referred to here when the Lord says, my thoughts are not your thoughts, is a reference to the natural man, to the carnal man's way of thinking, to the base nature of man, just meandering his way through life without God, or even to the believer who is saved and loves the Lord, but doesn't really use their faith for much beyond that of the initial salvation experience. Some people are just happy to go to heaven, and that's that's like all they want from God. And thank God a person is saved. That's wonderful. It sure beats going to hell, right? But what about a relationship with God? What about knowing your heavenly Father? What about learning more about your elder brother, the Lord Jesus Christ, not only your elder brother as typified in scripture, but also as your God, King, and Lord, and uh, as well as the wonderful Holy Spirit, the third person of the Trinity. My friends, we can think the thoughts of God. There is a transformation process that we can go through where we can find ourselves beginning to think and even acting like God. For my thoughts are not your thoughts. Well, the thoughts of God, in contrast to the low, debased thought life of natural man, it's such a difference that it's incalculable. It cannot even be fathomed. The difference is so great. And sometimes even as believers, our thoughts still far Uh, They still fall far below the level that God would like us to come up to, much less the sinner. But I'm talking about the believer. God, of course, God doesn't expect a sinner to think like him because a sinner does exactly what they do. They, they sin. They are lost in their sins. They were, they are without God. And without accepting Jesus Christ, who's the only mediator between God and man, you cannot receive eternal life. There is no other door to go through to God than except through the Lord Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. But uh, sinners do what they do. They sin. They sin in their thoughts and they sin in their actions. But for the believer, but for the believer, you can begin to go into a realm uh where you tap into the way of thinking that even God thinks. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, nor are your ways my ways, says the Lord. Now, your thoughts are eventually going to be what leads you into your actions. Your actions, in a sense, are the way that you choose to go in life. So there's thoughts, and then there's ways. Nor are your ways my ways, says the Lord. Not all thoughts lead to ways, but many do over a period of time, over years and decades, your thought life will formulate an outward expression of the path or of the way that you take in life. Also, keeping in mind the flip side of that coin, that 
not all thoughts, of course, are acted upon, which is very wise. Isn't that right? Because any thought that is not acted upon dies unborn. Praise the Lord. And, and the enemy can try to suggest thoughts. And you, you will have these things that will try to come into your mind, and they float around for a moment. And if it's of the enemy, you just say, oh, no, nope, I'm, I'm not going there. I'm not, I'm not meditating on that. I'm not thinking about that. But what we're talking about are more of things that we just lock into, things that, are, that become just routine for us, things that become beliefs, theology, patterns of life. And so those thoughts lead into the way that we conduct our life, our ways. I think that the thoughts of man, I'm talking about natural man. I'm not talking about the believer. Although this could apply to the believer who doesn't really know their rights. They don't know their authority in Christ. They don't know the legal power of the name of Jesus. They're not aware of the full atonement of the blood of Christ. They're not aware of Christ's mighty resurrection power working in them. They're not aware of the Spirit's energizing power within and victory over sin, sickness, disease, and all kinds of the effects of the curse. They're safe, but perhaps they just don't know about so many of the blessings of God. So oftentimes their thoughts can fall right along with the thoughts of those in the world. These thoughts, these lower level thoughts, I think the most common thought among people that are not thinking like God would be just the thought life of survival. Have you ever heard the term rat race? Oh, just another day of the rat race, Pastor Stephen. I'm off to, you know, earn another dollar, but I'm just out there trying to survive, trying to make a living, trying to carve my way through this world one day at a time. And it's, it's like a total survival mentality, working by the sweat of the brow, having no experience of the blessing of God, just out there trying to survive. And a lot of people view life like that. That's a very low level of living. And these type of the people are the type of people that long for something to change it, such as maybe winning the lottery, some kind of wild manifestation that blows in and somehow overnight they, they don't have to fight for survival anymore. They can have some breathing room. They're longing for breathing room, and they don't know there are, there are principles they can live by that will give them expansion and liberty and freedom, laws of God that can be acted upon that very quickly begin to give you breathing room. But they don't know this, so their thoughts center primarily on survival, just trying to survive for the week. And on Friday, they're the ones that say, TGIF, thank God it's Friday. You know, it's like one, uh, one employer one day uh, heard one of his workers Friday afternoon shout out, TGIF. The employer said, well, uh, what does that mean? The, the employee said, well, that means thank God it's Friday. We're getting out of here. And the boss didn't like that. The boss said, well, if, you know, if you're so unhappy working here, I can make every day a Friday for you. If you'd like, I can just let you go right now. If you, if you so want to get out of here, you're just dying to get out of here because you don't, you don't even enjoy being at the job. I can just release you right now. And every day can be a Friday. You can just go goof off all you want. But my friends, 
that survival mentality. It's very, very low thought life of people that just trying to survive for the week, trying to survive for the month, trying to survive for the year. And then a new year starts and it just repeat the whole process all over again until they die. Those types of thoughts of existing, trying to claw out a living in the rat race. If you're thinking like that, if you're thinking like that, God's talking to you. My thoughts are not your thoughts. And you're not supposed to be thinking like that. (laughs) Glory. Are you ready for a change up here? Hallelujah. Glory to God. Yes. Glory. I think and I wrote three of the most common thoughts of natural man. Uh, I I just wrote them out on paper because I kind of thought about it. What are the most common thoughts that people think that that are thinking not like the Lord, but they're just thinking like normal man? I think the second one most common thought outside of survival is that of fear all kinds of fears people i'm talking to even people that maybe have a financial fortress they still have fears many of them are in fear of losing what they've accumulated now they've got it but now they can't really enjoy it because They're afraid that there's going to be a crash in the stock market. They're afraid that the stock that they invested in or whatever they invested in, uh, the winds of the winds could shift a financial adversity and suddenly things are going downhill instead of uphill. And so they have fears about this, fears about that. You know, I sat down to have lunch with a man several years back. This man, this man had, uh, you know, private jets, Uh, not, not just a private jet, private jets, plural. He had a he had a beautiful yacht. He had a mansion, and he said, "Stephen, he said I would give it all up if I could just have peace, because my life is tormented because my daughter is completely out of control on drugs. She has torn up the family. She has torn up uh, our life, and I grieve every day. I have no peace in my life. No, I have no happiness." In my life. And so he was engulfed with fear. Is he going to get a phone call that his daughter, the police have found his daughter dead or something crazy like that? I'm telling you, there's many people. They don't know how to think the thoughts of God. Why? They're engulfed with fear. Fear of getting laid off from work. Uh, fear of this. Fear. I, I'm just, I'm telling you, these phobias run the gauntlet from fear of flying, fear of water, fear of sharks fear of mosquitoes. Uh, I, I mean, it's just on, on and on it goes. So fear consumes much of the thought life of many people, even that of believers. You find them, you find them shut down and not being able to ascend into the glory realm because of fear. And the Lord said, my thoughts are not your thoughts. If you have thoughts of fear, you're not thinking like God and you don't have to think fearful thoughts. That's not your inheritance. And that's not the dominion that Christ purchased for you. I'm talking, you might not have dominion over a nation, but you should at least have dominion over your mind. Glory to God. So you have survival thoughts, fear thoughts. Uh, Even Jesus said in Luke 21, 26, that in the last days, men's hearts would faint because of fear. And I believe that's one of the end time judgments upon the wicked is that a fear, people being just consumed with worry? I, I tell you what, people that are consumed with fear, that is torment. That is a form of tribulation. And no Christian has 
any inheritance in that. You're not supposed to be walking in that. I think the third thought that would be one of the big ones that is a low-level thought that we're not supposed to be thinking like this would be that of that of doubt. So we have survival, fear, and doubt. Uh, there can be atmospheres of doubt, just raw unbelief. I don't, I don't believe nothing's going to ever change for this nation, Pastor Stephen. No, I just don't believe it. Nope. No, I, Pastor Stephen, I didn't even vote. It don't even matter anymore. I didn't even vote. Just people just... Uh, full of doubt, doubt that God will touch the nation, doubt that God will refresh the church, doubt that God will bless them, doubt, 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 doubt. Woo, hallelujah. You are not supposed to be thinking those thoughts. That's why the Lord said this. My thoughts are not your thoughts. By the way, if you keep thinking those types of thoughts, that will transform into the way that your path is. That's why the Lord continued by saying, nor are your ways my ways. God's like, I don't think like that. I don't live and walk like that. <laughs> the Lord's like, I don't even, I don't have anything to do with that type of a realm. Well, he needs to come down here with us, Pastor Stephen. No, we need to go up there with him. Here in our mind, we need to ascend to the Lord's way of thinking and conducting our lifestyle. Praise God. And anything that would try to pull you out of that, you need to begin to release it from your life. Begin to release it from your life. Hallelujah. Pastor Stephen, how can I think like God I'm so glad that you're, you're wondering how to make the switch over. Look at verse 9. For as the heavens are higher than the earth. By the way, that's quite a bit of a difference, isn't it? For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. Pastor Steve, I sure would like to get up there to where God's at. I'd like to get off this low terra firma platform. I'd like to get up into the celestial glory of God's mind and begin to think like God and be a person of bravery and courage and not a person of fear and, and panic. I'd like to be the man or the woman that God wants me to be. Hallelujah. Look, you're going to have to put some time in to change it. You need to take time where you just stop, sit down, lay down, sit up, stand up, whatever works, but just stop activity, take your Bible, and just get quiet. Don't answer emails. Don't answer text. Don't look at your phone. Don't don't take phone calls. Just get quiet and wait on the Lord and let the Lord begin to speak to you and refresh you and help get all the fear off your mind, help dissolve all the doubts, help you to begin to understand that God can bless you financially so you don't have to have a rat race mentality. I mean, who wants to live with rats, right? Oh, glory to God. I, I, I've heard they make wonderful pets. That That's that very well could be true, but I still don't really want a rat as a friend. Praise God. I, I, I don't want to be in a survival type mode. Hallelujah. And when you wait with the Lord and hang out with the Lord and spend time with the Lord, talk to the Lord, this stuff begins to come off of you. That's low level thinking. And it, it might take 20 minutes, 30 minutes. And I have to be honest. It might take an hour. And if you're not willing to spend that time to 
ascend, then you're going to be stuck down low, thinking thoughts that you're not supposed to think, walking paths that you're not supposed to walk, and having an outcome that you're not happy with. Praise the Lord. Oh, yes, one day you will leave the planet. You'll go to heaven. You'll be with the Lord. And all of this uh, tribulations and sorrows and difficulties and challenges will all be gone. It'll all be over. But you'll never have another opportunity to triumph in it. That's why we're here now, to prove that this is true, to prove that this works here you won't have to prove it later. <laughs> you won't have anything to prove it against from the perspective that there is no more sorrow, no more weeping, no more trials, no more difficulties, no more devil. Hallelujah. But here, right in the valley of the shadow of death, you can prove that it works and you can live in the glory. You can live in the light and your mind can be stabilized in the regions of heaven and you can walk with God while your feet are here on the earth. Now, if you're willing to put that time in and just hang out with the Lord, and uh, you know, sometimes you feel like praying, sometimes you don't. Maybe you feel like reading the Bible, and so you read instead. Whatever you want to do, just stop the natural activity and give God your attention, give God your time. And sometimes you might not feel like reading the Bible, but maybe you just want to talk to the Lord. Go, go right ahead. It's whatever the Holy Spirit leads you to do. By the way, that's his job. That's his ministry is to lead you, is to lead you into the understanding and the knowledge of Jesus, your Savior. And so he'll, he'll lead you. And he, he works with kind of what you're hungry for, whether it's the word, whether it's talking to the Lord, or maybe you want to sing or worship or, you know, just every day can be different. You could have, in a sense, a a routine, but, you know, let the Holy Spirit uh, work with you in areas of flexibility. You don't always have to be rigid and read three chapters or, you know, if you don't feel like reading, pray or sing, whatever, but just give the Lord time. And as you do that, something, I tell you what, it's miraculous. Something miraculous will happen to you. Glory, glory. By, by the way, if you're really kind of in like pandemonium mode, worried about what the doctor said, worried about what the, uh, the principal said, worried about this, then you might, you might have to take a little more time than 20 minutes to get into the elevated areas. I'm talking about your mind getting up off this low worry, uh, the uh, survival and fear and doubt. It, it, I might, I'm just saying it might take a little time to rise. I, I, I'm just saying even the space shuttle, when it takes off, it doesn't go from the earth to the outer space in 20 seconds. There's a journey. Just just spend time with the Lord and the journey. Just go on the journey. And if it's an hour journey, enjoy it. But you, you'll find out that your destination is taking you where? Up. Up. What's going up? This. Your spirit, yes. But your thought life, absolutely. Absolutely. And you'll find yourself in the regions of verse 12 and 13. This is where you'll go. If you'll let the Lord work with your thoughts, if you let the Lord work with the direction of your ways, and you begin to let the Lord change this and modify this, really it's the transformation of the, of the mind. Romans chapter 12, verse 2, be not conformed to this world, this world system, this world's way of doing things, of this world's way of acting and behaving 
but be transformed. How? By the renewing. The renewing of what? Your thought life, your mind. And what begins to take place as you submit to that and spend time with the Lord is verse 12 and verse 13 of the same chapter. Let's take a look at it. For you shall go out with joy. Pastor Stephen, I sure would like to. I'd like to go dancing out in the fields of joy. Praise God. You can. It just might take you a little while to ascend. Watch a balloon when it lifts off from the ground. When a child lets go of that helium balloon, it begins to rise. It takes a little time to get up there. That's the way your mind is. Ascending into the, the realm of God where you can think like God thinks and say goodbye to the worry and the fear and the doubt and the unbelief, all that stuff down here. You can begin to separate from that. Praise the Lord. As the lifting takes place and you submit and you stay there until you are breathing the elevated atmosphere of God's presence and there's been a transformation, your peace is restored, your mind is renewed, this needs to be an ongoing thing, then you experience verse 12, for you shall go out with joy. You walk out of your room after moments like that, after times like that, after an hour, hour and a half, whatever it took to find that place of peace and serenity, you walk out and uh, you're just like, this is this is something that no drug could ever do. This is something that no psychiatrist could ever walk me into. This is, this is the God zone. You walk out with incredible joy, for you shall go out with joy and be led out with peace. This is the peace that even goes beyond what your mind can comprehend. The mountains and the hills shall break forth in the singing before you. I tell you what, creation gets happy around you. <laughs> Why? You're a son of God walking on the earth. You're a daughter of the Most High walking upon the earth, and creation reverberates with praise as they recognize there's a child of God. Mm, they know who the inheritors of this planet really are. Praise God. And all of the trees of the field shall clap their hands. Verse 13. Instead of the thorn shall come up the cypress tree, and, and instead of the briar shall come up the myrtle tree. Shall come up the myrtle tree. I hate briars and thorns. When I was a young boy growing up in rural Mississippi, down south, me and my brothers would go and pick blackberries in the summer. And our grandmother would send us out, well, each with a pail, uh, uh, like, like this big, empty. And when we came back, she would like it preferably to be filled up with blackberries. And she understood, you know, that as young boys, ages six and, and five or eight, you know, the various ages that we did all this stuff, that, you know, it's not like we could just stand there and do this all day. So oftentimes our buckets weren't full, but sometimes they got half full which was pretty amazing. And, you know, she'd take these things and, you know, make blackberry pies and turn some of it into jelly and things like that. So we'd, we'd go off into these places that were just engulfed with briars. And as you know, raspberries, blackberries, and all that stuff is just briar city. And, you know, you eventually pick all the blackberries off the edges and all the good ones are on the inside. And so you, 
You work your way in there even with long sleeve. Uh, I remember wearing long sleeve flannel shirts. Those briars just grabbing and tearing. And no matter what you do, they still got to get your ankles. They get your neck. And, you know, uh, we just, we'd stand in the middle of them for hours. I'm talking four or five hours just picking. I, I don't like briars. I, I still love blackberries. Love blackberries. But I don't like the briars. I don't like thorns. And, you know, after I had lived in Mississippi and was raised there as a young boy, we moved to Texas, and we moved to South Texas and didn't know anything about Texas when we arrived and found out that that day there was a parade in town. So my dad took me and my brothers to the parade, and like a bunch of uh, gringos who don't know anything, we we sat down on the grass to watch the parade go by, and all the locals, all, all the people that were, you know, South Texas natives, they... They looked at us like we were a bunch of idiots. We didn't know why. We sat down and whoa, we instantly found out why. Sticker burrs everywhere. The grass looks green, but the grass was loaded with thousands and thousands of sticker burrs. And the little burr gets stuck into you with the little thorn and it breaks off and it is very hard to get out and can easily cause infection. We had sticker burrs stuck all over our rear ends and pants and we never sat on the grass again. <laughs> oh, my goodness. I hate briars and thorns. Well, Pastor Stephen, what's this talking about? Verse 13, theologians have offered different variations. Uh, uh, the thorns and the briars being removed, and now we have cypress and myrtle trees. Some theologians, as they have commentated on this verse, say this is the removal of the sinners out of the land of Israel and the righteous people of God coming back into the land after, you know, Babylonian captivity, the righteous people returning and taking the land. I think there's an element to that, but I think there's more to this verse than that. Other theologians have said, as they have commentated on this verse, that really what is going on here is not so much the sinners and the ungodly being removed as it is the righteous. They are turning now to the Lord and they are being planted as trees. Ah, we're getting warmer. I, I like that interpretation. But when you really examine this in context, this is what I think is being referred to here. Instead of the thorn shall come up the cypress tree, and instead of the briar shall come up the myrtle tree, and it shall be to the Lord for a name, for an everlasting sign that shall not be cut off. What are the thorns and the briars? It's the polluted thought life of the believer. Oh, glory to God. It's the thought life of the Christian who is saved, who loves God, but still has a lot of thorns and briars up here. Things that they don't even wish they had. They, they don't want to think certain patterns of lying or cheating or stealing. Oh, I, I know some Christians that love the Lord. They're saved, but they lie. I know others that that have flaws that that are in many ways really, really problematic briars and thorns. And you, you talk to people and you try to help them eradicate the briars and thorns. And really, it is, what, what it comes down to so many times is 
It's just wrong ways of thinking. Pastor Stephen, God wants us to be poor. God wants us to be poor. Oh, really? Wow. Have you ever, have you ever been to India and looked at the open sewer systems in certain cities and looked at men and women standing in excrement, cleaning out sewer systems with their own hands? And you actually shout, that's holy, that's, God, that's of God. No, that's a tragedy. That's, that is humanity in a sorrowful condition under the burden of the curse of the law, under the tragedy of sin in the earth. When you see children picking through garbage heaps, looking for scraps of trash, of food to eat just so they can survive. I don't sense anything holy about that. Actually, I sense this is demonic and evil and horrible. And I would like to do everything in my power to put it into it. Not that I go out and become a humanitarian that's involved in social justice. There is a place for that. But the gospel... It's the gospel, the good news of the Lord Jesus Christ that is the true solution, not only to the problems and difficulties that plague humanity, but even more so the sin problem that every human on the planet eventually has to deal with. And the only cure, the only antidote for sin is salvation in the Lord Jesus Christ. And there is no other salvation anywhere. He's the only way. And Jesus can save a man, can save a woman from the most depraved condition of life and wash all of their sins away with this precious blood and begin to introduce that child to his holy word. And it's the word of God that begins to get the briars and the thorns and the thistles out of the thought life so that we can begin to come up from such low levels of thinking. Glory to God. Well, we can begin to even think the thoughts of God. And so what is actually taking place in verse 13 is the transforming of the mind from a mind that's tangled up with thoughts uh, where uh, there's briars and thorns and that begins to get removed. And instead of the briars and thorns, up comes the cypress tree. Up comes the myrtle tree. Ooh, ooh, I feel the glory. The cypress and the myrtle tree are the beautiful evergreens. They smell so good. The very fragrance they exude. And these are the types of trees that flourish at altitude. Take them up high and they thrive. Woo, glory to God. And I tell you what, even right now, because we're getting close to Christmas, my wife and I went out and bought a beautiful Christmas tree. We don't, we don't want a fake tree. 
We want a real tree. Why? Because the real trees emit the evergreen smell. Hallelujah. And I love that evergreen fragrance. So we've got our whole home filled with that fragrance as we have this beautiful tree, beautiful lights on it. And my wife has made our home so beautiful. I, w- I wish you could see it. Hallelujah. She's such an incredible decorator. But oh, the fragrance. Hallelujah. Glory to God. And what that evergreen fragrance does for the mind is a lifting effect, a lifting effect. And you begin to think like God because he's up there. He's up there. The way he thinks is up there. Oh, he'll come down to humanity. Jesus came down to this sinful world to redeem us from sin and all the foul effects of it. My friends, when he begins to work on your mind, and as this word begins to wash your mind, oh, there will be a removing of the thorns and the briars, of the survival mentality, of the fear mentality, of a doubt-filled way of thinking, and you'll begin to go up in your mind, up in your mind. Hallelujah. Glory to God. And your mind, your mind will be, become like these trees, evergreen. God wants you to have an evergreen mind that's sharp, it's fragrant, that's beautiful, that likes the high places. May that be your inheritance. Even as the Apostle Paul said, 1 Corinthians chapter 2, you have the mind of Christ. You really can think high thoughts, but you must choose to do that. You must work on your mind. You must eradicate thorns and briars, these things that cause grief and pain and sorrow, that pierce and puncture and hurt and strangle and choke. No, get it out. Get it out. Spend time with the Lord. Spend time with the Lord. Let the Holy Spirit take you up. Let him take you up into the high places of God. That's where your thought life belongs. Father, I pray for your people that they submit to you and the beautiful work of your spirit and they give you time to transform them, that they give you time to work on their minds, that there be removal of thorns and briars, and that there be new growth. Yes, a forest of myrtles, of the fir trees, of the cedars, with the fragrant oils that they possess, the wonderful resins that are therein, and the incredible smell of mental clarity and of purity. Now, Father, we thank you. We thank you for an enhanced thought life, an evergreen mind. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, amen. And it shall be to the Lord for a name, a name, a name written over your forehead, like it was on that of the high priest, on the mitre that he wore, holy unto the Lord. Where? Right here. Holy unto the Lord. It's your thought life, the evergreen mind surrendered to the Lord, thinking his thoughts. Woo! We're going up. We're going up in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Let's take communion today. Grab some unleavened bread. Praise God. Grab some grape juice. 
and let's pray over it. We're going to take communion together. Father, we thank you for this juice and bread. We bless it. We consecrate it now. This is now the flesh and blood of our Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Father, we thank you. We thank you. If there's anybody watching, you do not know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, but you want to. Please say this after me. Say, Lord Jesus, come into my heart. Forgive me of my sins. Wash me with your blood. I give my life to you. Save me today. I make you my Lord and Savior. Come into my heart and save me now. Praise God. If you have prayed that prayer, please email me at contact at stephenbrooks.org. I want to hear from you. And you can take communion with us now as well as you are a believer in Christ if you have prayed that prayer. Hallelujah. Father, thank you for the flesh of the Lord Jesus Christ. We receive it now by faith. We thank you, O God, that the Lord is our shepherd and that he feeds us. He feeds us very, very good. O God, we call upon you because we know you're near. We thank you that we have the privilege of talking with you, fellowshipping with you, sharing our heart with you. We thank you for these times. Oh God, we praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Let us now receive the body of Christ. I'm smelling evergreen right here in the studio. It just came all over me. Hallelujah. May it touch you by grace. Hallelujah. Now, if you don't smell it, that's okay. But if you do, it's an external witness by the Spirit of God revealing to you the glory of God, the mind of Christ. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Some of you also, if you lean in, you'll begin to smell it. When I say lean in just by faith, just in a sense, yes, I'm expecting. Hallelujah. You might not even catch it now. You could catch it later today, but it's, it's manifesting right now. Glory to God. See, we're in the glory. We're up. Hallelujah. We're up. Glory to God. Don't live like, don't live down there like the sinners engulfed with fear, engulfed with panic. Oh, don't live like that. Hallelujah. No, that's not, that's not the strata that you're assigned to. Oh, no, no. Hallelujah. You have access to a realm they can't even come into because you're saved and born again. They, they cannot even come into this place. Absolutely not. This is, this is an inheritance for those who are in Christ. This is why you're going to also escape the end time judgments because so much of the end time judgment is fear and worry. Even as Jesus said in Luke 21, verse 26, men's hearts fainting because of fear. There will be people overwhelmed and engulfed with fear. You'll have no part of it. You're, you will be completely exempt from it. Father, we thank you for the blood of Jesus. We thank you that the evil one cannot touch us. We thank you for the firewall hedge of protection all around about us and that your angels watch over us day and night and protect us. Oh God, we give you glory. We thank you for the beautiful blood of Jesus that has washed all of our sins away and keeps us in a cleansed and holy condition. Thank you, Father, in Jesus' name we receive his holy blood now. Let's receive. Praise God. All you have to do is give him time. Let him pull the briars and thorns out of your mind. 
Let him plant in your mind the cedar, the myrtle, the evergreens, the fir trees. You'll be so glad. Your, your whole thought life will be transformed. Praise God. Please lift your hands. Father, we thank you. We access now the high places in Jesus' name. God bless you. Have a great day. Keep an evergreen mind. For more information about the ministry of Apostle Stephen Brooks, visit our website at stephenbrooks.org.